Hello, hello, online church family. Good to see you here today. God bless you. It's Pastor Wayne Hansen here from Summit Church of Douglas County. Would you share this link with a friend? Let them know that church is about to start in five minutes. So there's a link on Facebook, on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, all those places. Share this with a friend. Let them know that worship is about to get started. We're excited to be on the feed today. We're in person and online. So join us for all of that. I got a very special message today that I've titled Flying Squirrels. We're talking about the three, the four-cornered sheet that came down for the Apostle Peter, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic, fun day today of celebration and worship in God's house. So the five minutes countdown starts right now. Grab your coffee, grab a pen, grab a Bible, grab a friend. Church is going to start in five minutes. Five minutes for worship.
it's important to be patient for those people. You know, if you come to church in person, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. Anybody, everyone, welcome this morning, everyone online, those of you here in the house. Are you glad to be in God's house to worship today? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Yes, you're alive, your heart's beating. Yes, you have things to be thankful for. This is a great day, God. Why don't you stand up and we're going to sing about the greatness of, of Christ's forgiveness. Ready? One, two.
safe from wearing masks anymore in the store. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Lord, I pray you just bless everything we say and everything we do in this room here today. We thank you, God, for this church and this church building and so many new people coming each week and checking us out. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people, that there's nothing too hard for you, God, and that you're, you're up to something good. You're up to something good in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we did this event called the Blessing of the Bikes. We had a bunch of motorcycles out there in the parking lot, and we did sort of a rock and roll worship. Well, we're toning it down a little bit inside. You might notice a little different. Um, but this is a song we introduced on that day, and it's called, My God is Big, So Strong, So Mighty. My God is Good, He's So Good to Me. And then in the middle of the song, it goes, There's nothing my God cannot do. There's nothing my God cannot do. Amen. Is there, if there's a, an issue in your life that seems so big, you're like, I can't handle it. Guess what? Whatever you're facing that seems so big, God is bigger. He's bigger. So let's sing this song together in faith. The words will be on the screen. Oh, 
shook our whole worlds up and yet he kind of shook up God shook up this church a little bit too and yet in the midst of it all he gave us this building <laughs> isn't that something so that out of difficulty good things can happen out of difficulty good things can happen yes right out of good out of bad things good things can happen that's a bible principle by the way right that everything that that the enemy, might try, to, enemy try, might try to throw at you, God can turn it around for your good. That's what he's up to. I love this one because it's a great Colorado worship song talking about mountains. And it goes like this. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Are still what you do. Bodies are still yours. Bodies are still.
nice to see people that want to know God, get a little closer to God. Um, I'm going to read the highlighted verse in the one-year Bible, and it's from John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Um, I just want to say, some, a lot of times we sin, we don't even know we sin, but <clears throat> this book right here, it'll let you know everything that's a sin, clearly, very clearly. Uh, we'd like to, I'd like to challenge Everybody, if you haven't read the entire Bible, this Bible is laid out in a 365-day format. Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and a proverb every day. So about 20% of uh, Christians have read the entire Bible. 80% have not. So... I encourage you to accept the challenge. We'll be happy to get one of these into your hand, or if you'd rather the New Testament, uh, please let us know if you need one, want one. It's the only way that you know that you know the truth. This is the truth. Most manufacturers, most things you buy nowadays, manufacturers, 
send you an owner's manual. <laughs> That's right. So you don't mess things up, <laughs> right? Well, our manufacturer is God, God himself, and he has sent us the owner's manual That's right. for life. Uh, he tells ex us exactly what we need to do, when we need to do it, and how we need to do it. Right there, if we don't mess things up, if we don't have, if we don't have the owner's manual, we're gonna mess it up, guaranteed. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Tim. Well, it's good to see so many new faces here today. I think this is one that we've all heard before. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a like me. Shall soon 
tablets the earth shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who called me here below will be
Lord, help us to, to steal away to Jesus, to come into that quiet place, to make a, a place in our home where we read our Bible, we pray each day, and we connect with you. For those who raised their hands earlier, just mentioned they have a, a, a need for healing, Lord, would you just continue that healing work? Would you just finish the good work that you began in my brothers and sisters today? Put a blessing on your word today. May it just be anointed as we talk about the stories of the, of the Acts of the Apostles today. Bless everything that we say and do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand up if you're sitting down? Say hello to someone. Give them a fist bump. Or if you're feeling really brave, you can give a handshake. Wave, wave to someone online. Let them know that the sermon's about to get started. Summit Church of Castle Rock Online. I'm glad you're joining me here today. You can support the ministry in many different ways. You can give online or mysummitchurch.com. You can text to give using the number on your screen. Um, you can also go to mysummitchurch.com, click the donate button, or go to our, our Facebook page. Blessings to you. You bet. Glad to have you. Glad you came. So take a moment, greet someone online, everybody. Glad you're with us today. Turn in your Bibles with me today to Acts chapter 10 is where we left off last week. But uh, if you're at home, grab a coffee, grab a refill. Again, share this with a friend. Let them know that the message is about to get started. We're glad you're joining us online. God bless you guys. Okay, everybody. Man, what a great worship, worship time we had today, huh? What a good session that was. And uh, turning your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 10. It's where we left off last week. And um, we're going to be studying. We've been studying the Bible chapter and verse through the New Testament since January. So we're trying to go pretty plotting and methodically five chapters at a time from Matthew to Revelation. Uh, last year, we did everything in the Bible. We did an overview of the Bible, which was crazy to try to do the entire Bible in one year. But I did it. We did it. Um, and so now we're taking our time a little bit more rather than an entire Bible overview, overview in a year. We're doing the New Testament. You know the New Testament's much thinner than the entire Bible? So we're actually, actually, I felt like I was in this fast forward mode preaching last year. Now we're a little bit, a little bit slower, but it's still a lot. A five chapters at a time is a lot. But um, we've been studying the book of Acts. We got through the Gospels, and we've been talking about the Acts of the Apostles, the, the, the things that have been happening in the early church. Of course, Jesus ascends into heaven. You know that Jesus isn't dead. You know that, right? Jesus is alive, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. He makes intercession for you and I today. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. He's not a God of the dead, although he is the God of the dead, but he's, he's a living Savior. 
He's alive and he lives in us today. And so his word is alive and that's why we study it. And so Jesus ascends, he goes, now wait, go to Jerusalem, wait for the power because the Holy Spirit's gonna come. They have a prayer meeting and 120 people are, are in the upper room. Kim and I have been to this place that they speculate that could possibly be the spot of the upper room in Jerusalem. It's right above the grave, the tomb of David in Jerusalem. And it's a room that would sit maybe a little bit larger than this room, but not too much larger. It has a bunch of stone pillars. It's an old Roman room. Um, and you can imagine 120 people just sitting in there having a prayer meeting. And they're waiting for the power to come. Holy Spirit descends. Wind comes. Shakes the place. They all begin to speak with languages that no one taught them how to speak before. And cloven tongues of fire rest on their heads. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit's power. And they begin to share the gospel everywhere. <laughs> they suddenly have a boldness they didn't have before. They have a courage they didn't have before. Supernatural signs and wonders. The things that Jesus was doing, they begin to do. Like Peter, who denied Christ just a few days earlier, suddenly he's in front of 3,000 people preaching the first sermon of the church on the day of Pentecost. They are turned into other people. They're suddenly given the personality of God, the personality, the spirit of Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in them, and it's strengthening their mortal bodies. Guess what? If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me, he will strengthen our mortal bodies and we will be able to do exploits. We'll be able to do the mighty works of God too. Right? Jesus said, these things will you do and even greater things will you do. He prophesied that we are going to do the works of him who sent us. And so Jesus, that's what we see in the whole, the book of the, the Acts of the Apostles. They're doing these amazing things. Last week we talked about Philip. You know, he gets translated like the, like, like Star Trek, like a transporter. He just, just suddenly goes from Antioch to Gaza and then from Gaza back to Antioch again with the Holy Spirit just transports him, just like beam me up, Scotty. Like, I don't know if it's ever happened again in church history, but it happened in the book of Acts. Just so that one man could become a Christian who is the, the treasurer of Ethiopia. And because of that one man went back to Africa, the first Christian in Africa takes the gospel to the continent of Africa. And then, of course, the 12 apostles are, are dis, just dispersing all over the world and taking the gospel everywhere. And by the way, that's why this church is here. Because Christians down to the ages decided, we're going to take the gospel to Colorado. We're going to go out there and tell people about Jesus. We're going to do the good works of God. We're going to feed the poor. We're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to preach the, the good news of Jesus. We're going to build churches. We're going to send missionaries around the world. We're going to do all the things that the church has been doing for the last 2,000 years. Amen? <laughs> So the book of Acts is still being written. It's written, yes, it's in your Bible, but we are in Acts chapter 29. You, you know, the book of Acts only has 28 chapters, but we're living in chapter 29 of the book of Acts. So we're picking up the story here in this amazing um, encounter where the gospel gets taken to the Gentiles. You see, Christianity up to this point was basically just a sect of Judaism. It was just Jews. Jesus was Jewish. I know it's hard to believe. Most, most, a lot of people think he was Catholic. Jesus was not Catholic. Jesus was Jewish. There were no Catholics until Jesus came around, right? Jesus was a Jew. All of his disciples were Jewish. He said, I was sent to, to the lost children of Israel. My work was to preach the good news to the sons of Abraham, to take this gospel. And then the work of the apostles was to take the gospel to the nations, to the entire world, 
And if you're a Christian today and you're not Jewish, guess what? It's because of the work that the apostles did that you're a Christian today. It was because it went to the Gentiles. So this is an amazing story. And I've titled my sermon today, Flying Squirrels and Other Delicious Foods. <laughs> Flying Squirrels and delicious, Other Delicious Foods. Now I made a little, my dog Louie has a little chew toy. He's a little squirrel. And he loves it. And when I, when I was attaching the parachute last night, he wanted to play with the squirrel. So we played a little bit. But just imagine, not just a squirrel, but every kind of animal... Oh, it worked, it worked. <laughs> Those of you watching online, I'm sorry you missed it. There was a flying squirrel in here. It was crazy. It just went from the roof, just came down like a parachute from the, from the a, a giant four-cornered sheet just came down in a, a flying squirrel. We're going to see something like that in the text here today. Now, what's kind of amazing about this is God gives two visions simultaneously to two different people and they meet each other. That's how you know it's God. Like one, one guy could have an indigestion or a dream or trip out and have a vision, right? But when two people have a vision and they meet and they have the same vision, you know something's going on, right? That's what happens here in Acts chapter 10. There's this Gentile man named Cornelius. And let me just, let's pick up reading uh, chapter 10, verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now... Send some men to Joppa and, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He'd never heard of this man. He is staying with, si with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his ho household servants and devout sol soldiers and a devout soldier and one of the, his personal attendants, and he told them what had happened, and he sent them off to Joppa. Now, we've been, we've been to Caesarea. We've been to Joppa. It's on the coast of the Mediterranean. It's gorgeous. It's like San Diego. There's palm trees everywhere. White sand, white sand beaches. Of course the Romans knew where to build cities, right? They build them in beautiful places. So Caesarea is a port city where the Romans would come and go and they would bring uh, goods and services back and forth to, from Palestine back to Rome on the Mediterranean. Well, maybe 30 miles south is Joppa. And of course it would take maybe a couple days to walk to Joppa if you're taking your time. And so Cornelius says, I got this vision from an angel. I don't know what's going on, but I think there's a guy that I'm supposed to meet. His name is Peter. Never heard of him before. Go down to Simon the Tanner's house. I don't even know if there is a Simon the Tanner, but go to Joppa anyway. I think there might be, because this angel told me there was. So he gets this vision, and on a whim, from a vision he had, he sends his servants to Joppa to Peter, the disciple who denied Christ, who was the, kind of the preacher of the early church. He's staying with his tanner, on the seashore in Joppa, and a, tanner, a tanner's business, by the way, that's how they make leather, you know, you have leather jackets, thanks to tanners, you have, but you know how gross it is to be a tanner? They have to do terrible things to make cowhide into jackets, and to purses, and to shoes, and to guitar cases, and whatever else you might make out of leather. So G Peter's living in the, at this stinky place, they're making leather, and these servants show up, and so in the meantime, Peter 
is, is um, having a vision. And it's this vision of a bunch of unclean animals coming down. Of a four-cornered sheet. Of all these animals that were not kosher to eat. You know, Jewish people can't eat every kind of meat. They don't eat bacon. Jewish people don't eat shellfish. You can eat fish, but anything that crawls on the ground and eats a carrion, anything that eats dead things is not kosher. So a good Orthodox Jew will not be eating shrimp or crab meat or anything that crawls on the bottom of the ocean. How many know I think those things are delicious? Thank God for the New Testament. I can eat lobster, right? Or squirrel. Couldn't eat a squirrel. That would not be kosher. Uh, be honest with me. Any, anybody redneck enough to eat a squirrel? I've eaten a squirrel. Anybody eaten squirrel? I have eaten squirrel. If you prepare it right, it tastes okay. It tastes pretty good. It's a dark meat. It's a dark meat. But it's a little gross. I'll be honest. It's a little gross. Right? Peter sees this sheet coming down with all these unclean animals. And God says, kill and eat. He says, no, Lord, I'm, I'm Jewish. I... From the time of my youth, I've never eaten anything that was unkosher. This is dirty food. I'm not going to eat that. I thought maybe this is a test. And he says, Peter, don't call anything unclean that I have declared clean. Kill and eat. And he gets this vision of this four-cornered sheet coming down from heaven over and over again. He says, don't call what I have declared clean unclean. You know, God the Holy One can declare things clean that once were unclean. That's how you, a sinner, can be saved, not because you deserve it, but because God has declared you holy because of the sacrifice on that cross. Amen. Amen. It's not because you were good. It's because he's good. It's not because you are holy. It's because he's holy. Because he comes inside and he, he makes us clean. And when we start becoming clean, we go, God, I love you. I'm so thankful. Well, of course I want to live for you. Of course I want to do the things you want me to do. You've been so good to me. Right? So God can take the unclean and make it clean. And that's what he does here with Peter. Peter gets this vision of these unclean animals. And he's trying to say, Pete, look, there are a lot of Jews who think Gentiles are all unclean and they're all going to hell. And I don't have a plan for the Gentiles. I, I only love Jews. That's not true. God loves all people. He loves Jews and Gentiles. He loves slaves and free people. He loves the rich. He loves the poor. He loves the black and the brown and the white and all shades in between. Come on, somebody. He loves you no matter where you come from. And he's for you and not against you. And so Peter makes this visit to Cornelius' house. I'll fast forward in the story. In fact, let me just, I'm going to just read this one particular verse. Acts chapter 10, 15. The voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision repeated three times and then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven and Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? <laughs> and then the men that Cornelius sent came to Simon's house. So two different visions, two different dreams happening with two different men converge in this meeting at the house of Simon the Tanner. Peter's on the roof, right? <laughs> Beautiful, right on the, just imagine you're on top of a terrace overlooking the Mediterranean with palm trees everywhere. You're having your quiet time with God. Suddenly there's a knock downstairs on the door. Pete, there's someone here for you. What? There's, there's someone who came from Caesarea. Caesarea? It's all Romans up there. I don't, really? You know, there's some guys who want to talk to you. 
Okay, so he comes down, he goes downstairs. Three men have come looking for you. Get up and go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. This is God speaking to Peter. Don't hesitate to go to these Gentiles. Pete didn't associate with Gentiles. He says, don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's a mystery to Cornelius. It's a mystery to Peter. They don't, neither one of them know what God is up to, but they know God is up to something, right? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer who is devout and a God-fearing man, well-respected all, by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. And so Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day, they went with, he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. So a couple other Christians from the Jewish community came with Peter to see this happen. Right? And Peter told them, as he came to his house, he says, You know that it's against the laws for a Jewish man to enter into a Gentile home like this, or to even associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent, for I, t for I tell you, for now tell me why you have sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man of dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He retells the story of this angel who had appeared to him saying, send for Peter. I don't know who Peter is. Well, send for him anyway. So he comes he says, what's your message? We want to hear the message that God has given you. He doesn't know anything. He's like, there's a guy who's supposed to come to your house. He's supposed to tell you something. What's the message? <laughs> we know it's important, but what is it? And so then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. And this is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus, who is Lord of all. He preaches the gospel for the very first time to Gentiles. They're like, what? We thought this was a Jewish thing. No, this is for everybody? Like anybody can get in on this? I can have my sins forgiven? I don't have to sacrifice a bull? I don't have to slaughter some animal to, to make atonement for the bad things I've done? Like it's already been paid for? I just receive what this Jesus, but I'm a Gentile. That's probably just for Jews, right? No, 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 I, no, I can do it? I can have Jesus? You mean he's for me? Yeah, even Gentiles. Peter's learning all this in real time as he's preaching the gospel. <laughs> and so these people that are with Peter, of course, they're witnessing this happening. They're watching Gentiles become Christians. Like, we didn't even know this was possible. We thought this was just for Jews. And so then when they received the gospel with gladness, so even as Peter was saying these things, this is verse 44 of Acts 10, as he was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized? Now that they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did, so he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Gentiles became Christians. Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Gentiles began to speak with other tongues. Gentiles were not second-class Christians. They were right on the same level as Jewish people. The same God of the Jews was the, could be their God too. God didn't show any favoritism. Isn't that amazing? That he loves everybody? I mean, God loves everybody? Yeah, everybody? Even me? Yeah, even me, even you. He doesn't show favoritism. Isn't that amazing? And it's, a lot of people don't, like, they don't get what a big deal that is. Maybe you don't realize what you've been saved from. He's so incredibly good. And this, as I said, this is a true story. This is not a fable. It's not a parable. This actually historically happened in Joppa and Caesarea. We could take you to the cities where this happened today on the planet. They have ruins of Cornelius' house in Caesarea that they're doing archaeological digs at today. There's a place in Joppa where the house of the tanner, they have the vats where they, with ammonia, would cure the leather and, the, and, and tan the hides of, of cows to make leather goods. These are real places. It's not a parable. It's not a nice story. It really happened. And it's happening. The Holy Spirit is at work in the earth today. He wants to be inside of you today. He wants to give you power today. He wants to heal you of your hurts today. He wants to strengthen you today. He wants to give you wisdom today. He wants to guide your life this week. Amen. You have to let him do what he wants to do. If he gives you a vision, he gives you a nudge, he gives you direction, you would do well to listen. <laughs> you would do well, like Tim was saying, start reading the Bible. Start seeing what it says. Start saying, okay, God, what are you trying to speak to me today through your word? What can I learn today? How can I be more like you, Lord Jesus? Amen. Amen. And so then Peter's kind of in big trouble. You think about this for a second. It only happened with him and a couple of Jewish friends. And he goes back to Jerusalem and they're like, hey, Pete, we heard some weird story. It could not possibly be true. You went to a Gentile's house and you sat down and ate with them? And then you, you preached the gospel to them? He's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, I, I did. And uh, it's, kind of, it's a long story. Crazy thing happened. God spoke to me. I got this vision. This, the first ever parachute. Four-corner cheat comes down. Like, God told me not to call anything unclean that he just declared clean. And of course, that caused a division among the Jewish Christians. Because they're like, no, this is for us. You can't give this to Gentiles. And God's like, no, this is for everybody. It's like Jesus said, this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off. It's to everyone, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Like Jesus said, all to have, who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen? So he tries to explain his actions to the Jewish Christians. It causes a division in the church, which many Jewish Christians did not want to receive, the Gentiles. And that became a controversy even into the second century of the church, where Judaizers were saying, no, in order to really be a Christian, you men, you have to be circumcised. No, no, you have to keep Old Testament dietary law. You have to keep the law of Moses. You have to go to church on Saturdays like us. Right? You have to keep this rule. Then you're a real Christian. Come on, do we have that happening still today? You're not a real Christian unless you cut your hair like this and you wear this and you don't get tattoos and you don't talk like that and you blah, 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 bl
you're not a real Christian. Not like me. That's, that's the same spirit. It's that religious spirit. Like, you better do it my way or else. And God says, no, no favoritism. Just come. Just come. Receive me. Let me in. Let me change your heart. Let me make you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let me put my spirit inside of you. And when my spirit is in you, then you'll desire to do what I need you to do, what I want you to do. You'll desire to do the things that's written in the other part of the book of the law. Because you love me, not because you feel guilty or because you're afraid of God, but because you love him. Same reason that Jesus obeyed. So Peter tries to explain his actions. Of course, it's very difficult. And at, of course, we've already heard about the Apostle Paul. So at, at some point, Peter and Paul meet, right? And a giant Gentile church begins to um, emerge in Syria, in Antioch of Syria. Um, all these Gentiles, probably Arabs and Greeks and Romans and Samaritans, like half Jew, half something else, <laughs> they're, all, they're all gathering in this big church in, in Syria, in Antioch. And they're starting to send missionaries, and it's unbelievable, this move of God. And the, the, the headquarters of the church is kind of shifting from Jerusalem to Antioch. Because not many Jewish people are converting to Christianity, but a whole lot of Gentiles are saying yes to Jesus. So they start, they start raising money. They start building buildings. They start sending pastors and prophets and evangelists to all the other cities around the Mediterranean. The whole church begins to explode throughout the Roman Empire. And it's an amazing historical event. And you can go to Antioch today and they have giant uh, ruins of all kinds of churches in, in what was then Syria in many now places are, is modern day Turkey. And then... There's great persecution in the church. Verse uh, chapter 12, of Acts chapter 12, James is killed. And he was, one of, he was John's brother, of course, Peter, James, and John. It was that James, the, the inner circle of the three. James is, is martyred. And um, they're seeing greater persecution. The church in Jerusalem is suffering. And then um, Peter gets an amazing jailbreak. He's, in, he's also jailed and put in prison. They're going to kill Peter too. And in the middle of the night, Peter's just sleeping on the floor, probably in his, in his BBDs, probably in his skivvies. He just, he's there. And an angel kicks him in the side and says, Peter, get up. He's like, what? Like, put your clothes on, we're leaving. What? Put his outer coat, put his toga on, puts his sandals on. He goes, come on. He's half, half asleep. Like, what now? And angel's like, Ching just opens the jail door. Guards are asleep. Just walks down, opens another jail door. But like goes out the main gate of this Roman, of this Roman jail cell. He finds himself on the middle of the street. Kind of comes to himself like, wait, well, that's not a dream. This, this really happened. This really happened. I'm out of jail. How did this happen? Peter's broken out of jail, and God keeps breaking Christians out of jail. He does it with Paul and Silas. In another story, we'll read later. He just, God is a, is a God of divine jailbreaks. If you're in jail and you're not supposed to be, how many know God can get you out of jail, right? There's a great story if, if you ever want to Google it. Brother Yoon, who's part of the underground church in China, was broken out of a jail in Shanghai. Similar story, middle of the night, just walks right out, just walks right out. He goes, <laughs> and this is in Shanghai, comes onto the main street in front of the jail, and there's a taxi. So he just hails a taxi, gets in and leaves. They're like, and they come back to Ewan's house. He goes to his wife, and they're like, how did you get out of jail? He goes, the Lord did it. Like, no, no, someone let you out. He goes, I had an inside man. I had an inside man. 
Yeah, it was God. God is your inside man. God can get you out of trouble when no one else can. Amen? And God is in the, in the business of doing that. Herod Agrippa is killed because of pride in this one moment. He's, he's eaten by worms because he takes glory that should have been given to God. Chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul are commissioned. Now, Barnabas was this man who sold all that he had. He was, that word, that name Barnabas means son of encouragement. And he was uh, one of the early church leaders. Many people got saved because of Barnabas. He gave all that he had. He sold his houses and his land. He was a wealthy man, sold all that he had. He gave it to the local church and he lived on the offerings of the local church. And he would start new churches everywhere. And he and Saul were going throughout the Mediterranean, starting churches everywhere, just preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick, doing all the things that Jesus did. And Paul had his first missionary journey in chapter 13. And you can Google Paul's missionary journeys and you'll see a map where all these things happened. And there's three major, in fact, maybe your Bible, if you have a Bible, many times you'll look in the back of the maps of your Bible and you'll look, oh, Paul's missionary journey. Well, you can see where his journeys went and it's kind of amazing. And that's the seeds of the early church. And Paul, of course, Saul, it was his original name. He changes his name eventually here to Paul. Many devout Jews are converting from Christianity and becoming Christians. And Paul himself begins to preach the gospel to Gentiles. He goes, these Jews people, they're opposing me in every place. Paul or Barnabas would go into a city. They go into the synagogue and they say, have you heard? Messiah has come. Like, what? No, we would come from Jerusalem. We're going to tell you this crazy story. This guy named Jesus, he performed many miraculous signs, healed the sick, raised the dead. He fulfills all these prophecies of, of the prophet Isaiah. He's done all these things. Have you heard about this Jesus? And some of them had, some of them hadn't. Some of them received it with gladness, many didn't. And when the, many times they would get rejected by the Jews, they'd go out into the open marketplace. They'd walk into the King Supers and they'd just start preaching the gospel. Like, hey, everybody, good news. I got good news. Who likes good news? Raise your hand. Like, hey, Jesus loves you. He died on the, sins for, on the cross for your sins. Do you, want, do you want to have your sins forgiven? Do you want to know God? You're like, yeah, I want to know God. Come on over. Let's just, let's just start, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. And so they would start churches in all these different cities, just telling people the good news about Jesus. That's kind of amazing. Do you know we can still do that today? Many missionaries do that today. My kids and I have gone to the Philippines. We do the same thing. We've gone in with the, with the Tim Tebow's dad and many of the Tebow family. We go into Filipino schools and we go, by the hundreds, we go, hey, who likes good news? Raise your hand if you like good news. They're like, yeah, we like good news. I like bad news. No, 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 bad news. Good news? Yeah, 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 good news. Bad news? No, no. And we just tell the gospel. And when people hear the gospel, when they hear the good news about Jesus, they're like, of course. Of course I want that. I mean, God has made a way for me to know him? And to be, I can be friends with God? Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as just opening your heart and letting him in. That same gospel works today. Paul and Barnabas, they go to Iconium, they go to Lystra and Derbe, they go to Antioch and Syria. And then many, of course, there's this great controversy about Gentiles becoming Christians, just as we started. Talking about the flying squirrels, right? <laughs> Don't call it unclean what God has declared clean. They finally have a council in Jerusalem. They're like, we have to settle this issue, whether Gentiles can be Christians or not. And James, the brother of Jesus, in the meantime, has become a Christian. He becomes the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And he becomes an authority for the church council. Like, well, you were with Jesus your whole life. You know the Old Testament. He was like a Pharisee as well. 
And they made this decision. They said, you know, here's, here's what we need to decide when it comes to the Gentiles. And they arrived in Jerusalem. They had this basically like a court case in the church council. And they listened intently to Paul and Barnabas. And he says, this is what James says. He says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you, on the Gentiles, than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood, or the meat of strangled animals, because that was a pagan, a pagan ritual. And he says, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. He says, you don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to do all the Old Testament law. Just live a godly life. Don't participate in pagan in pagan religion, just receive Christ. We're not going to put a bunch of Jewish laws on you. You don't have to become a Jew to be a Christian. Just do a few simple things. And I think we can get along, both Jews and Gentile Christians. We can be in the same church together. We can worship together. We can see things differently. We can have different backgrounds. We can all get along because we're all one in Christ. Amen. Boy, the church could learn from that right now, right? Mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, Republican, Democrat, blah, blah, blah. None of that matters. We're all one in Christ Jesus. We're not going to get pulled into side controversies when it's about the love of God being spread amongst us all and the forgiveness of sins being given to every person. And it doesn't matter your political affiliation or your cultural background. Amen, somebody. And you think, well, that sounds too simple. It is simple. It's so simple, a child can understand it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible <laughs> tells me so. Maybe you're watching today on Church Online, or you've come into the room, and you're like, boy, it's really that simple? Just say yes to Jesus, and that's it? That's it. It's not hard. Now, I wouldn't say it's easy. Because when he comes in, he's the Lord, right? We begin to live with him as the boss. You're not the boss anymore. He is. You're not on the throne of your own life anymore. He's on the throne of your heart now. He makes the calls. He makes the decisions. And you have to listen to his spirit. But if you're ready to do that, if you want to say yes to Jesus, the prayer that you pray is very simple. Church, those who might be ready to do it could be in the room. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? I just feel led to do it this way today. If you say, yeah, I need, I need to say yes to Jesus. This is my day. I've never done it, and I want to do it. This is my day. Slip your hand up and say, that's me. I need to say yes to Jesus. I, I have not been, thank you, thank you. Anyone else online, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, give me a like and say, that's me today, or message me here on one of our online platforms. Say, I need to say yes. Several hands here, several thumbs up in different locations. Church, would you pray this prayer out loud for those who might be praying it for the first time? This is the prayer that you pray to say yes to Jesus. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. According to the scriptures. Please come into my heart. Please be my Savior. And be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now that's the gospel that Paul and Barnabas and others would preach from town to town. 
throughout the Roman Empire. It's the gospel that's still being preached. There is forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. You don't go to a man to do it. You don't kill an animal to do it. You don't let your good deeds outweigh the bad deeds. Nope. It's simply entrusting Christ and letting him come in and be the Lord of your life. And then he begins to guide your life to where he wants it to go. It's so simple and yet not always easy as a Christian. Because, you know, the devil's always trying to tempt us and pull us back and get us angry or fearful or depressed, right? But the, the Bible says in the book of Romans, which we'll study later this year, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God change you by changing the way you think. So we have to begin to have the mind of Christ. And when the mind of Christ comes in, he begins doing a little house cleaning. <laughs> he starts throwing stuff out. Go, you don't need that anymore. You can put that away. You're done with that, aren't you? Are you done with that? I think we're done with that. Like, it's like if you have a storage unit or a garage, it would be like if Jesus came and helped you clean out the garage. You go, what? why are we keeping this? What is this for? No, 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 let's, let's get rid of that. Like, <laughs> he loves you enough to tell you the hard thing of, no, no, get it out. <laughs> we're done. I, I, I love you too much to let you get away with this. Now we have to stop that. <laughs> right? And so that's, that's the process of disciples. So glad you came today. I, I, it, was, it was beautiful hearing your voices worshiping together. If you want to support the ministry, we have a tithe and offering can in the back by the Welcome Center. Or if you're online, you can donate through the various methods online as well. I want to tell you about a couple important things. We're going to be doing our church picnic on June 6th. So kind of like our Blessing of the Bikes, we're going to do outdoor worship, weather permitting. And so we'll have a little bit louder. I'll bring it, try to get a drummer for that day. And we'll, the church will provide the meat and the drinks. If you guys want to bring either side dishes or desserts on that day, um, it'll be sort of potluck style on June 6th after church that particular Sunday. So mark your calendar for that as well. The last Saturday of the month, Tim and I have decided we're going to do some work days out here. So if you have a chainsaw and, a, and or a rake or a wood chipper, or just two, two arms, and you want to do a little work with us, uh, from, from about 10.30 to noon, the last Saturday of each month, we're going to do some work days out here just to make the property nicer and nicer and nicer as we go. We want to be proud of our church home, right? As people, as people drive up, they go, wow, this is so nice. Oh, they're taking such good care of it. Maybe plant some flowers out there, do, do some nice things just to spruce the place up and make it look good. So anyway, why don't you stand with me? I'll give you the blessing. We'll get out of here. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your power. Thank you, God, for people saying yes to you today. I pray that we would walk with you as the Lord of our lives, that we would let you have the wheel. We'd let you take charge. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you, lift your countenance, and give you his peace. In Christ's name, amen, amen, amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord, everybody. Glad you came today. Blessings to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. 
You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Thank you.